0: Today is Vision Sunday. And I'm excited about Vision Sunday because I got to tell you for 24 years as I've been pastoring this church as of January this year 24 years really when you have a God vision it really doesn't change. Does that make sense? Like if you if your vision's changing every year, you got you don't know where you're going. You are a ship without a rudder. And so if you're going to go, a vision requires longevity. It, retires, it requires big picture. And it means a God vision is something that you could not achieve in your lifetime without God. And so when you preach on vision, you're saying the same thing. You just got to figure out how to say it differently every year. Um, because it is a big vision that we have at Wave Church. And so I was my, my scriptures that I'm known for, That I live for. This is me. If you rip me open, vision bleeds out of me. And here are the scriptures that I'm known for. Proverbs 29, 18. I've never ever got a scripture tattooed on my body. Don't think I ever will, to be honest. But if I did, it would be this one. Proverbs 29, 18. It says, where there is no vision, the people perish. That's the the King James. But the NIV puts it this way. Where there is no vision... People cast off restraint. So without a vision, think about this, we perish. So how many think vision's important? And not only do we need to have a vision so we don't perish, but if we don't have vision, then others perish as well. But then it says without a vision, people cast off restraint. Well, if you have no vision for your life, don't have any restraints. But if you do have a vision for your life, you wear the restraint of the vision. Praise the Lord. I've got a vision for me in the last 15 months. I want to be the healthiest I've ever been. And praise the Lord for the last 15 months, four times a week. It's not easy traveling, trust me. But four times a week, I find myself in the gym. To me now, I'm wearing the restraint of that vision. I don't always feel like going to the gym. Sometimes I hate the thought of going to the gym. But I have seen going to the gym for me is necessary as breathing. And so it's just now part of my life. And, and I love it because I feel stronger. Matter of fact, I don't, this is disturbing. Every, every airline person on the plane, I had my little grandson, Zev, with me. He's got blonde hair, blue eyes. He's the smiling assassin, this kid. And so every time, every flight attendant kept saying to me, your son looks just like you. And I looked at the flight attendant. And I said, that's my grandson. But everywhere I went, I couldn't believe how many, and I thought, it's because I'm so young looking. Why are you laughing? And I want to encourage this. We've got to be people of vision. I believe we've got to have vision for our lives individually, and I believe we've got to have a vision as a church, and I believe they are intertwined. Do you believe that? I love it when people say. Oh, you know, God's a big part of my life. I often think about that. I know what they mean. What they're saying is God had you know they're trying to say God's big in my life but actually there's a danger I think when you say God is a big part of my life because the truth is God is my life. I have no life outside of God. And actually I don't want to be a person that says, you know, God is a big part of my life. I actually think to myself my whole life is God's. Amen. And I know what people are saying, but I think there's a better way of saying it because there isn't this little part of my life that is outside of God, that is disconnected from God. So if there's a big part of God in your life, what about the other? I actually think as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And so Habakkuk 2, another scripture I'm known for. Then the Lord answered me. Come on, Wilson, I want you to catch this. I want Richmond to catch this. All right. Write the vision. And make it plain on tablets. I'm not asking anyone to raise your hands, but I wonder how many people here today have a written down vision where you've actually committed to write down what it is that you're believing God for. And it says, and make it plain. In other words, if you're still taking 30 minutes after you started talking about it to explain it, you don't know what it is yet. It's something that is plain. that he may run who reads it. For the vision is yet for an appointed time, but at the end it will speak and it will not lie. Though it tarry, wait for it, because it surely will come. Amen. So there's this great story in the Old Testament about God saying to the people of Israel, You've got to redig your wells. The wells are the place where you go for water, it's sustenance, it's life, it's 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 essential for everyday living. But these wells over time get filled up with crud and dirt and, you know, and, and all of a sudden what was a source of life is now dried up. And God says you've got to go back and get all that dirt out and redig your wells. It's like God says to the children of Israel, you've got to teach your children with these memorial stones what these stones mean because of the significance of what God spoke in the past that you can't afford to forget. So here we are 24 years into the vision of Wake Church. And I actually feel like for today, I want to spend some time just making sure we refresh the wells, redig the wells that has got us where we are, and I believe will get us to where we're called to go. Amen? And so, I love this. Now, think about this. Vision is the only thing that Jesus ever prayed for for someone twice to be healed. Did you know that? The only time in the life and the ministry of Jesus where he prayed for someone and they didn't fully get their sight back until he prayed twice. Look at it, Mark chapter 8, verse 22. They came to Basidia, and some of the people brought out a blind man and begged Jesus to touch him. He took the blind man by the hand and led him outside the village. And when he spat on the man's eyes, he put his hands on him. And Jesus asked, look at this verse. Do you see anything? Jesus never did that. He's never, he never prayed for anybody. Is that working for you? But he did here. He prayed over him. And he goes, do you see anything? Jesus asked him, how's that going? You ever seen that verse in the Bible? And the man says, well, I see men walking as trees. And then it says, Jesus laid hands on them again. And then the Bible says, I love this. Then his eyes were open. His sight was restored. He saw everything clearly. And Jesus sent him home saying, don't even go into the village. How important is vision? When God speaks a promise to you, he gives you the ability to see that promise. And he helps it by like Abraham. He said, Abraham, I need you to see that you will be the father of many nations. You will have so many children that you won't be able to count your offspring. So Abraham, I'm going to help you with this vision by giving you a natural vision. Every nighttime when you go outside, look what the Bible says in Genesis. He goes, you look up to the heavens and the stars, and I want you to count them if you could. So shall your offspring be. Do you see what God's doing here? He's giving Abraham a promise, but he's attaching to the promise a vision. I want you every time you go outside, look up. And just look at all the stars because that's what I'm going to do for you. Church, can I tell you, we need to live with vision? Somebody say amen. Well, if you're going to clap, you're going to have to give. Come on, not, you're not clapping me, clapping the word. Let me show you again how God works with vision. Joshua chapter 6, verse 1. I think we have verse 1 up on the screen. If we don't, I'll just, I just—I already know. Now look at this. Now Jericho was straightly shut up because of the children of Israel. None went in and none went out. So I want you to give the picture. The walls of Jericho, big tall walls, wide walls, invincible, un, unpenetrable. And here Jericho know that the children of Israel were coming to take them over. And so already these walls were indestructible. Already these walls were impenetrable. But now they've really fortified the city and all the gates were shut up. The city was shut up. Why? Because of the children of Israel. Now look at verse two. And God says to Joshua, look at this. See, I've given Jericho into your hand. It's king and it's mighty men of valor. Well, what did verse one just say? It's shut up. No one's going in. But God was saying to Joshua, can you see what I see? Don't just pay attention to the natural, but I want you to know, Joshua, I've given you the city. Can you see it? And I want to encourage you, God's promises for you are yes and amen. But can you see it? Can you see it? Or are you just someone who's ruled by what you see in everyday life? I love it. Revelation 3. Here's my last Bible verse before I get into this. Revelation 3, verse 18. I counsel you to buy of me gold tried in fire, that you may be rich and white raiment, that you may be clothed, that, you, that, uh, that the shame of your nakedness does not appear. And look at this. Anoint. I, I just love the King James. I had to do it. Anoint thine eyes. I like that, don't you? With eye salve that you may see. The Bible is telling me here that it is so important that I have vision because without it I perish. The Bible is telling me that when I have vision, I wear the restraint of my vision. The Bible is telling me my vision should be written down. The Bible is telling me that I actually, Jesus prayed for someone twice for their sight. It's important that we understand that we have vision. It says Abraham looked up to the stars. It said Joshua saw a, a city that even though in the natural was shut up, no one went in, no one out. He could see what God said. And now the Bible says that we need to pray that God would anoint our eyes so we could see what it is that God wants us to see. Amen? So the vision of Wave Church for the last 24 years hasn't really changed. You know what it is in, a, in its simplest form? We're going to love God, we're going to love life, and we're going to love people. Really, that's in its essence. Way church exists to get heaven to party, to see people come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ and live out a great godly life. Amen? But we're to love God. That's not hard. For us to love God, I don't think that's too hard for most people. To love life, I mean, some more meaner, legalistic Christians need to get on the better side of that revelation. Amen? We are to love life. Jesus said, I've come that you might have life and you might have it more abundantly. And I believe God wants us to love Him and to love life. But then we got to love people. That, in today's world, is perhaps the bigger challenge. Because I love what the Bible says. The Bible says, speak the truth in love. But I've noticed Christians particularly love to call out other Christians. And they love to argue with other people. And sometimes we're mean to the world. Oh, it got very quiet. And so we got to love God. we got to love life. we got to love people. Listen, we speak the truth in love. We don't love to speak the truth. Some people love speaking the truth. I'm just giving you the truth, brother. If You, you can't handle the truth. I, I believe that is the vision and mission of Wave Church. It hasn't changed in all these years. Amen? But I wrote down just 10 thoughts that might be just where, that's got us to where we are, and I believe will take us to where we're called to go. Number one, I believe that Wave Church, we have a vision to be a healthy, not perfect Growing church. Amen. To be a healthy, not perfect, I put those words, oh, it didn't even say that. It's supposed to say that. It's in my notes, not perfect. There are no perfect people allowed in Wave Church. Amen. And the moment you find a perfect church, please don't join it. And I'll never join it because the moment we find it, we will ruin it when we join it. There's no such thing as a perfect church. Amen. But I want to be a healthy church, and I want to be a church that's growing, not just in numbers and size of the congregation, but growing in our influence, growing in our ability to engage people, to reach our city. Amen? To be a healthy, growing church. Number two, I believe God's called us to be a leader church. Anybody believe that? A leader church. I've said this for years, and I mean it. I've never set it in in my goals to be famous. I don't want to be somebody who is famous. I want to be somebody who's influential. I, I, I'm not looking to see how many people say to me often, boy, I'm surprised you don't have more Instagram followers. I'm surprised you don't have more Twitter followers. And I'm going, well, you're paying more attention to it than I am. And well, I use Instagram and I use whatever, whatever social media means they are out there. Uh, but the truth is, I'm not trying to Boost up my followers. I'm not trying. I'm trying to make God famous, and I believe we here, the church, amen, that we here, listen, to be a leader church. I love Wave Church. Could be a leader church to help lead other churches into faith and victory and breakthrough in Jesus' name. With that in mind, we do two things that are very intentional as a part of our vision at Wave Church. One is we do devoted, which is in how many weeks' time now? Two weeks, three weeks' time. Women, girls. Are you signed up in every campus? Are you all signed up for Devoted? Girls? Are you, are you signed up? Not yet, but I guarantee you by the end of this service, you might feel a little compulsion to go out and find out. Are you signed up? You are. Are you signed up for Devoted? You're new. Praise the If you go, I will pay for your registration. Now, that's not... Forcing you to go, but it's welcome you to go, and I love that you're welcome today, amen. I would encourage every girl to sign up for devoted. It actually just in three weeks' time. It's something we've done for probably twenty years now, I think. Sharon was just listening to a prophecy. Listen to this that was given to her before we ever built this building, and he, and this guy prophesied. He goes, I don't know everything that's going to happen in this building, but one thing I see, and he said to Sharon, I see this building filled with women and you leading it and doing something significant. Boy, was that a prophetic word. Back in those days, there was probably just a couple hundred women going to what we call devoted. And today it is one of the biggest women's conferences in America. And it happens right here at Wave Church. Amen. That's a leader church. And And also, the other thing we do is wave conference. In the last several years, uh, we've had wave conference in the month of August. But this year, we decided we're going to just downsize it a little to two nights, and we're going to move it to October. Now, a major reason for that is this. The hotels in Virginia Beach, the hotel room rate in August, have you noticed? Like, to stay at the Courtyard Marriott, it's $800 a night in August, I want to tell you, I love the Courtyard Marriott, but there ain't no Courtyard Marriott. I've ever stayed in worth $800 a night. And so we decided we want to make that more affordable to other guests who come into town, pastors and their team and their staff. So we got a quick promo. Have a look at this. October 4 and 5. Check it out. Just inspired watching the promo, how about you uh, part of the part of the reason for that, of course, um, is we really want you and the nighttime to put those dates in your calendar. I know you 'd not set it aside in August, but now it 's October four and five. We want you there. The nights are free and open to the public, and I want you to be there, and that the daytime sessions, it's to help train leaders and pastors, not just around America, but people from around the world will come and fly in to be a part of this conference, so it's first and foremost for you. Will you write down that date? Will you mark that date in your calendar? Make sure it's a priority, because it's a major part of Vision of Wave Church, to be a leader church, and that's a great leadership environment. Number three, here's the Vision of Wave Church, to be a multi-ethnic, multi-generational church, And I believe that Wave Church, in all of its campuses, we are called, listen to this, to make sure we're a reflection of the community our campus is in. And so I want to make sure with the demographics that we're reaching everybody. I want to make sure that we're multi-ethnic. I want to make sure that we are multi-generational. We're not a young church. We're not an old person's church. We're not a family church. We're not, some people say, are you a word church? Are you a Holy Spirit church? Are you a faith? We're all that. I want to be all things to all men. I want to reach everybody. I want everybody to be reached. Anyone who's in our demographics of our city, I want to make sure as a church, we are multi-ethnic, multi-generational. We are reaching everyone in Jesus' name. Come on, somebody say amen. Number four, I believe we're called to be a church that engages community. Listen to this, locally, nationally, and globally. I love what we do around the world. I love that we actually can impact our world in which we live. Can you say amen to that? I know right now as we speak that we are working in Syria. Wayne Church is at work in Syria and in in Turkey with that earthquake. I know that we've got people. I was reading a report this morning about another person that was rescued and how we partnered with Convoy of Hope. And Convoy of Hope was a partner of that just today. Someone was rescued. It was today's red. I run it was the day before. But I want to tell you something. How many are glad to be a part of a church that has got a vision for the world and yet is local? I love what we do with the Devoted Foundation, with Israel, with Puerto Rico. We're sending a team. I just got invited by the vice president of Convoy Hope. Would I go with them for a three-day trip to look at El Salvador and see what they could do as Convoy in helping El Salvador? I said, if I'm free... I'll go. I'd love to do it. I love the fact that we're not just global, but we're local. In all of our campuses, Wave City Care, that we're involved with helping and reaching people in Jesus' name. Anybody excited about that? Amen? And so, number five, I believe we're, and this is, if you would say, if there was number one priority, this would be it. But the truth is, these are all part of the vision of Wave Church. I believe we're called to be a church that rescues lost people people. Praise the Lord. We are called to be a church that rescues lost people. And let me tell you, I I think when we look at the world today, the world's never been more confused. The world's never been more broken. The world's never been more conflicted. The world's never been in more turmoil than it is right now. I love some Christians. They're going, oh, there's earthquakes. Does that mean that God just judged Turkey? Oh, you're a turkey. No. No. Read your Bible. We're in a new covenant. Amen? And so I love the fact that we're called to reach lost people, people who don't know Christ. We are called to reach them. Number six, I believe we're called to be a generous and a generationally minded, legacy minded people. We are called to be a generous and generational legacy minded church. What does that mean? that actually I want to encourage us. I believe we're called to be generous. I love what Jesus said. It's better to give than it is to receive. Who can say amen to that? I mean, it's a blessing to receive. And who's been on the receiving end and been blessed? Amen. But the Bible says it's better to give. And I believe that's part of the vision of who we are. We want to be a generous church. Amen. Amen. But we're also not just generous, we're generationally minded. We're not just giving for ourselves and our family. We're building and and sowing for the generations to come. He's the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Amen. When God looks at you, he sees your grandchildren. The Bible says a good man leaves an inheritance for his children's children. We're not just thinking about us. We're not just thinking about leaving something for ourselves, but we're generationally minded in Jesus' name. We are building the church. Should Jesus tarry, there will be a church here in Jesus' name. Come on. Somebody give God some praise. Number seven, we're called to be a church that worships. I want to encourage a church and Please don't think worship is just what happens off a stage here. Although I do believe that's really powerful. I do believe that the power and the presence of God is always wrapped up in praise and worship. I do believe that every time there's a spiritual battle to be won, the Bible says, send out the singers and the musicians first. I do believe that the gathering of God's people is so essential that we get together to worship God and we praise Him with all of our our might. I do believe it's, that's why I love having kids in the service, at the beginning of the service. I want them to know what it is to be in a worshiping church. I don't just want them to have that. I want to make sure they're being taught an age-appropriate biblical things, but I love the fact that we're a family and we're a family that worships together. Number eight, I believe we're called to be a church that helps the poor. Amen to that. I love what James says about pure religion, undefiled religion. It's not what the world thinks. It's not what other people say it is. It's not bells and smells. It's not pomp and ceremony. It's not just steeped and rooted in all these, you know, liturgical things. Pure religion is taking care of the widow and looking after the poor. And I love the fact that Wave Church, listen, I want to make sure that when we think about Wave City Care, when we think about Wave Legacy, we don't, and I say, what do you do to help the poor? And you say, well, we have Wave City Care. Don't let that be your social conscience. I want to encourage you, I want to ask you, what do you do to really help the needy? And I love the moments where we can do things like Serve Day. And I love the moments with Thanksgiving and Wave City Care, when we not just give to it, but we turn up to it and we serve. Can you say amen? This year, we want to be more intentional than ever in each of our campuses to make sure that we're engaging and identifying the needs in our community, and we are part of that answer in Jesus' name. Can anybody say amen? I, I love what we did in Legacy last year when we looked at uh, 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 what was it? a family planning center. What was it called? Counseling Crisis Pregnancy Center praise the Lord. Try and say that when you're jet-lagged with five hours sleep, you've been traveling 50 hours. And, uh, but I love the fact that we're able to, you know, some people say, well, we're against abortion. I want to tell you something, I'm against abortion. Amen. Don't ever be confused about it. I am, why? Who cares what I think? It's what the Word of God says. Amen? It's wrong. But here's the thing, we got to be part of the answer. We, and so I love the fact that we said to this crisis pregnancy center, we'll pay off your mortgage. So now more money can go to help more women to keep their family. And those who want to keep their families, we can at least be part of the answer in Jesus' name. Come on, give a Lord a hand. Number nine, this one is really, really important to me in today's world. To be a church committed to the Word of God as the sole basis for our guidance. I want you to hear it. To be a church committed to the Word of God, listen, as the sole basis for our guidance. And I want to encourage us as a church, we need to make sure that we don't allow cultural holiness to become our definition of holiness. I believe in biblical holiness, not cultural holiness. And there's a lot of things today culture is calling holy that is unholy. There's a lot of confusion out there right now in a lot of different aspects of life. And I want to tell you, the Word of God is infallible. I know of a a prominent leader in the nation of the United States who's made a major shift as to where he sits and stands on certain cultural issues. I want to tell you, I don't agree with him. I'm not going to call him out. I'm not going to throw rocks at him. But I want to tell you, as for me, I am guided by the Word of God, and I'm uncompromising. The Word of God is infallible. Come on, somebody say amen. And number 10, I believe we're called to be a church who are devoted Christ followers. I encourage you, every one of you, to get those 10 points, write them down, and make sure they're a part of your vision, that you're that kind of person, that they're thinking about how can I be involved in these areas, that we are fully devoted Christ followers. I want to make sure we don't just come to church on Sunday and that's all we are. I don't want to be a preaching center. I don't want this to be that. I want us to do life together. Amen? I want to make sure that we're committed to being, becoming disciples of Christ. That's why community groups are so important. I can't stress it enough. We need each other. We need this. We need the corporate worship. We need the praise. We need the atmosphere. We need this place. We need a facility. But let me tell you, we are the church 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And we got to learn how to do life with each other. And we're devoted to reading the Word of God, to doing life with each other. Can you say amen? getting to know each other, iron sharpening iron. That's why we have a youth program. That's why we have kids programs. That's why we have men's programs. That's why we have women's programs, because we want people to do life together well in Jesus' name. Can you say amen? I believe God's called us to be a church that doesn't curse the darkness, but we light a candle. When it comes to abortion, homosexuality, injustice, woke, gender, identity, confusion, can I tell you something? I'm not going to be somebody who throws rocks at other people. I will be uncompromising as to the Word of God. But I want to be somebody who actually lives a godly life, not a perfect life, please, just a godly life, authentic, amen, that seeks wanting to bring my life in alignment, my thoughts, my decisions, my actions, my attitude into the wisdom of the Word of God. I believe we're called to be a church that believes for the favor of God and the favor of man. I believe I am committed to being a church that has unity in diversity. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 12, there are different gifts, but the same spirit. In other words, we can be united and be different. We don't all have to think the same, act the same. Amen? Amen. We can be mature enough maybe sometimes as believers to not even agree with each other. I don't know what Robert's end views on end times are, but I imagine if we sat down and probably talked about it, I'm not so sure that really it doesn't matter so long as we believe Jesus is coming back again and we need to be ready for his return. Amen. At the end of the day, it doesn't matter whether you're pre-post, pre-trib, whether you're sons of Anak, whether you're a pre-ademic theorist on, on evolution, it doesn't matter. So long as we believe God is God, he wrote the Bible, we love Him. We're here to reach lost people. I'm not going to major on minors and minor on majors. Amen? I believe we're called to be a church with future campuses in other cities. Amen? And I love the fact, and one of the things I'm announcing today is this year, we will be rolling out a new program. We haven't even created it yet, but it's in my heart that we actually don't lose sight of what we have as like an internship, future leaders, ministry leaders training program. So we'll be actually doing a lot of work this year to look at how we're going to do it different than how we've done in the past, but just like more of an intensive internship program to make sure we can keep training future leaders. I'm excited about that. Why? Because I believe we're called to be a leader church. So here's the theme as I close my last five minutes. Every campus. Are you catching this? Come on, Seaboard Road, Josh Coxwell. Man, we love you. Let's keep praying for Lauren Riddle, by the way. Just maybe think of her. Keep her in your prayers. She desperately needs a miracle. And so let's keep her in our prayers. Paul Dion doing better. Praise the Lord. He's like two step forwards, one step back, but it's two step forwards. Um, here's the theme for this year, 2023. Every year we come up with a theme I feel like God gives us as a church. I know what the Lord spoke to me about. I have no doubt about this. 2023 is going to be a year of taking new ground. And I'm believing for you, for vision for your life, new ground in your health, new ground in your marriage, new ground in your family, new ground in your job, new ground in every aspect of your life. We are going. I believe God saying to us, "It's time to take new ground." I love that scripture. It says in Isaiah, "It says, lengthen your cords, strengthen your stakes, for you will break out on the right and on the left." Amen. I believe this is a year for you and I to believe God. To take new ground, new ground in the supernatural, new ground in healing, new ground in breakthroughs. Come on, new ground. If you're single, you want to get married, new ground. If you're married, new ground, not a new wife. <laughs> new ground. <laughs> and the key, the key to that, of course, is we've got to make sure we think big. So that's going to be our theme for the whole year. I want to make sure all our campuses are growing in health. I don't want to be an event center. I don't want to be a preaching center. Listen to this. I believe we've got to keep getting bigger, and we do that by getting smaller. I wrote this down. I love this. I really believe the Holy Spirit inspired this. A church that is big enough to impact the world, yet small enough to impact your family. I felt the Holy Spirit just inspire me. A church that is big. How many are glad that we're a part of a church that is big enough to impact the world? And yet, there was like three people. How many, how many are glad? Yeah. We can't all go to Turkey, but we're there. Amen. We all can't go to Uganda, but we're there. We all can't go to Russia, but we're there. We all can't go to Israel, but we're there. We all can't go to Puerto Rico, but we're there. Amen. We can't be in every hotel in the United States, but there's a Gideon's Bible there. And do you know who helps make sure there's a Gideon's Bible there? We do. A church big enough to impact the world and yet small enough to impact your family. Man, I'm telling you, that's the vision of Wave Church. Anybody excited about that? I want to keep reaching lost people. I want to keep the church alive, vibrant, relevant, fun. Amen. Oh, I love it. Full of faith, teaching and preaching and teaching people that ministry is serving. It's not a platform. It's not a title. It's not a position. Ministry is serving. Listen to what Jesus said. Whoever wants to be great among you. Look at it. Matthew 20, verse 26. I love this Bible verse. Here it comes, not so with you. He's speaking about the Gentiles and how they lauder those people. Not so with you. Instead, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant. Can I just remind this church, look at me now. Ministry is serving. It's loving God, loving life, and loving people. It's not about the badge. It's not about the title. It's not about, do you get a microphone? It's not about, did you get on the stage? It's not that, do you get acknowledgement and recognition? We are here to serve. Can somebody say amen. amen? I believe Wade Church is called to be a church that teaches people how to raise a godly family according to God's best plan. The world has its plan. And dear God, is it confused? My gosh, it's never been more confused than it is right now. But I believe, Wade Church, we want to teach people how to raise a godly family according to God's best plan. Isaiah chapter 1, verse 18. If you are willing and obedient. I love this. Listen to it. You will eat the best of the lamb. I love that. If you are willing and obedient. Some people are willing, but you got to be willing and obedient. It says, you will eat the best of the lamb. We're not going to curse the darkness, but we are going to make sure. And we're not going to be perfect. There's no perfect Christian. But we are going to seek to live an authentic life, to live out God's best plan. And God's best plan for a marriage and a family is a husband and a wife and a family. That's God's best plan. Come on. Come on. That's God's best plan. And we're going to seek to just say, okay, Father, we want to live to your best plan. Now, if we are willing and we're obedient, we'll eat the best. Amen.